Well, Patty, I loved our interview today with Celine um, mm -hmm. from LaVu. Uh, one of my favorite uh, opportunities as we discuss is this idea of selling cash discounting to restaurants. Right, right. Broad, wide-open opportunity. It is. And, and ironically, of course, uh, LaVu is our sponsor of the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and as uh, he shares in this uh, first episode, if you want to learn more about LaVu, which is a processor agnostic point-of-sale solution for restaurants that, in that integrates cash discounting, just text the word LaVu, L-A-V-U, just text that to 63975. So text LAVU, L-A-V-U, to 63975. Um, and then, Patty, tell us about the Insiders Report. I thought it was actually really, really interesting statistics today. Yeah, I mean, I try not to overload everybody with data, you know, but this was really compelling, the B2B card market. It's like, like restaurant uh, cash discounting. It's a wide-open opportunity with yeah. trillions of dollars. Um, in transactions, which, you know, could result in billions of dollars of residual revenue. Um, pay close attention to, to the numbers. I think you'll really be um, intrigued and uh, hopefully can uh, get you on a track for a prosperous 2022. Absolutely. And then uh, James had some really great insights for, for that as well. James, you want to share sure. a little bit about your yeah, so I, uh, as most creative people do, I actually stole my insights for this one, right? So these insights <laughs> right. are actually from Chris Voss, uh, who's a very famous FBI hostage negotiator. And I recently watched a, a masterclass on negotiating tactics and kind of communication skills. And so I share a few tips uh, that I think I know will really help you. They've already helped me um, that will help you with your sales skills. And also, I just kind of recalibrate and talk about the importance of learning and improving your sales skills going into 2022. Um, and so we're excited about it. This podcast is, of course, brought to you by LaVu. That's our sponsor. Um, and so if you're ready to jump into this interview, Patty, I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Welcome to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Hey, everybody. We're here today with Salim Khatri. Salim is the CEO at LaVu. And of course, uh, LaVu has been our podcast sponsor this month. Uh, so Salim, thank you for that. And thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, yeah great absolutely. to have you. So today we are talking about what I believe is going to be the number one opportunity uh, going into 2022 as far as I believe at the end of 2022, when I talk to agents and ISOs, the ones who had the biggest increase in residual margin, whatever you want to call it, I mm -hmm. honestly believe it's going to be the ones who took advantage of selling cash discounting to restaurants at such a, a wide open market. So before we dive into all that, Salim, give us a little context. You were on the podcast not too long ago. How are things going? I know you've had a lot of ISOs and agents that have been selling with LaVu. So give us a little update on just how things are going and what kind of trends you're seeing in the market there. You know, it's been it's been fantastic. We're we're at such an inflection point for restaurants right now because they're in, you know, they've gone through so much with the pandemic. And now there's the fear of the new variant. So it makes it makes it really difficult. Um, what's been working is we have a 10x solution or a 10x product that really moves a needle for a restaurant, right? So mm -hmm. previously, I've worked on different products and services, and I pitched them to restaurants, and they said, yeah, that sounds great, but I have an alternative, and it's easier, or your thing is not as good enough. What this does is it fundamentally removes the second or third largest expense line item in a business, right? right. So James, if you came to me and said, Salim, I, I can remove your second or third largest business item expense for Lavu, I'd say, well, yeah, let's talk, right? I'm, 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 I'm definitely willing to listen. And so for that reason, um, you know, the, uh, it's, it's just been an amazing, amazing uh, journey so far. That's, that's cool. You know, Salim, I know that this is something that could vary by geography, but if you had to guess, 
Um, what percentage of independent restaurants have already, you know, implemented cash discounting? Is 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 my sense? My sense is that it's a small percentage, but I'd yeah. really love your take on that. Yeah, I mean, I think I said in the in the previous podcast, it's uh, this is a phenomenon that's going to be gradual and then it's going to be sudden, right? It's kind of like cryptocurrency in the sense that there were a lot of naysayers before. Right, I would right. say for Levu specifically, we have less than five percent penetration in the U.S. Alone, and I'm not even talking about globally. We're in, you know, um, close to 100 different countries, um, but you know, less than five percent penetration in the U.S. alone. And uh, w- the benefit is, you know, we've gone out to our customers a number of times and had conversations. Everybody wants to learn about it because there's that mutual exchange of information. That, hey, right. did you know there was legislation that was passed that allows you to now pass on credit card fees to your customers? But, you know, the, the sky's the limit. We're just scratching the surface right now. Right. Yeah. And so when we think about it, it's like, okay, we have Lavu has, you know, less than 5% penetration in the U.S. I know of really two other point of sale systems that are even really going after this market at all, not to the extent <laughs> that Lavu is. So it's going to be yeah. less than 5% with them. So, right. you know, and, and it's not like all of your clients are doing cash discounting yet. So. Right. You know, right. I would be shocked if it was more than 3%, 4%. Yeah, that's how I'm thinking. Right, yeah. of, of sit-down restaurants. Right. They're doing oh, cash discounting. sit-down restaurants. Right. right. So then, Celine, let's look at the other side, and you just alluded to it. So we have a market where 97%, let's say, of mm-hmm. the available prospects have not implemented the cash discount. So the question is, mm-hmm. what percentage of those would be interested if approached? So when you when you look at your experience, I know you have talked to many restaurants through your yeah. team, et cetera. What's yeah. the interest level? The interest level is very high. I would say uh, nine out of 10 restaurants that we approach want to have a conversation and then they kind of want to think about it. Right. Um, uh, really what's what's holding them back is how is this going to impact my business? How is this going to impact my customer? Right. Or right. I don't want to do this to my customer. Right. Uh, which is a lot of times counterintuitive to what's really happening because they're charging you know, 15% convenience fee, or they're charging a 30% increase on DoorDash meals. Right. So they're already kind of doing it. Uh, right. but you just have to walk them through and help them understand what's going on. But I would say nine out of 10 people are going to be receptive to it. And this is, you know, this is very different than just saying, hey, I want to, I want to change your credit card processing, right? Uh, sometimes when we talk to these folks there and we talk about credit card processing, they're like, oh no, my cousin, my cousin's my ISO mm-hmm. uh, and I don't want to leave him. My best friend is my ISO and I don't want to leave him. And you, there's no way you can beat his rates or beat her rates. And I, and then we walk them through it. They're like, well, we can eliminate 99% of your fees up to 99% of your fees. And they're like, wow, I, well, why hasn't this been explained to me before? And so right. that's where that paradigm shifts. And, and it would also strike me that, I mean, one of the things that restaurants are running into right now is, you know, the, the cost of food is going up and they're having to raise their prices. And mm-hmm. I mean, I went to a restaurant last night and got something I often get and it was like three dollars more. Yeah. Right. Of right. course, I bought it because yeah. I really like that dish. Sure. Um, but, you know, it would it, it, it strikes me that for a lot of restaurants, maybe they you know, won't have to raise prices as much if they do something like cash discounting. Is that a, a positioning as well? Yeah. So when we're talking to restaurants, they're like, yeah, I'm just going to raise prices. And what I typically say is, look, if you raise prices and James, this is from your coaching, right? If you raise prices, you're impacting everybody. Now it's great. You're going to increase your revenue, but you're going right. to potentially upset a lot of customers, right? I don't know what that, I don't know what that order was before the $3 increase, but it sounds like it was, it was meaningful. 
Um, and then you're going to have to pay increased credit card processing because you're increasing because the revenue. That. So right. you're back in the same position. Whereas if you just do the cash discount program, you're only impacting a certain few and they have the option. They still have the option or alternative to pay with cash or right. pay with card. And that's what customers and patrons like at the, at the end of the day. Nobody wants to be jammed in, into, right. into in being forced into do something. Right. So as we as we break down, you know, this approach a little bit, I think we I think we've done a good job here, Salim, of establishing the opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. And this is why I believe it is such a big opportunity. I, I love what you said a little bit ago that it's going to go slow and then it's going to go quick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really think the slow part is going to be over by the first or second quarter of 2022. I really believe that right. because, right. you know, the only thing that's been holding these restaurants back from doing this, besides just the awareness of knowing it exists, is technology. Mm-hmm. That's right? Right. Like yeah. the technology didn't exist. I remember when, you know, um, it, when it came out, uh, you know, uh, probably about three years ago, I remember talking to people and saying, don't go after restaurants, whatever you do. Right. Yeah. Don't go after them with cash discounting. Right. right. The reason was because of a couple of things. Number one, I was like, well, you know, they're not going to take a standalone terminal and stick that by their point of sale system. And that was like literally the only option that was available for cash discounting, right. you know? Right. Right. So I think as we're seeing this uh, technology, we're seeing this. So there's a huge trend here. We have a, a market that's you know 97% available. Nine out of 10 are going to express an interest. They may or may not sign up initially, but there's going to express an interest. So let's yeah. shift gears and talk about the approach, right? Sure. So right. when what you're, you know, what you're seeing here, Celine, with your own uh, team that's working with your current customers, with ISOs mm-hmm. and agents, mm-hmm. what is the approach? Is this about cost savings initially? Is it about other angles? Like what, what are they using to like go in and actually start this conversation? Yeah, I mean, the conversation is, look, I know you're going through a lot of pain right now and you've done different things for your business and your staff. You know, you typically want to you want to you want to kind of uh, surface that pain with the customer. Right. So how are things going with your business? Well, you know, things are getting a little bit better. People are coming back in uh, after the pandemic. That's great. Are you having staffing shortages? You know, the answer is yes. Are you having, are you, have you, how your uh, food costs gone up? Yeah. My sp- I'm using spare ribs instead of regular ribs and they still cost 35% more. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Oh, did you know that Amazon and target now offer college tuition assistance? They're like, yeah, I can't compete with that. Right. Uh, I, you know, no, there's a kid can go to uh, Amazon or work from home and do work for AT&T in a much more comfortable sitting. So they're, they're facing all of these different headwinds, right? So I say, look, I want to help you. I got this thing uh, that, you know, we're talking to a handful of folks about. It's called the cash discount program. Uh, in 2019, the Durbin Amendment essentially allowed uh, merchants to be able to pass on the credit card fees to their patrons if they sh- if they choose to do so. Okay, so now what that means is, Oh, by the way, about how much are you doing in your credit card sales? Oh, I'm doing about $100,000 a month. You do the math on the fly for them. Let's say they're paying 2.8%. So $2,800 a month is about 34 grand a year. Look, what if I told you I could eliminate 99% of those fees? And by the way, when do you put, when do you capture tips? And we'll, we'll talk about tips. They say, oh, well, I do it at the end of the night. And that's your opportunity to say, well, I can't do 99%, but I can probably get rid of 80 to 85%. It's really important that they understand that the solution is not perfect because nobody wants a right. too good to be true, uh, too good to be true solution. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to be very transparent with them, and then you explain to them how it works. That's that's the basic pitch in a, in a, in in 30 seconds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So okay. So we've got this pitch. We we get things started off the restaurant. 
Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned one objection, which mm-hmm. maybe is the only main, you know, only primary one. Right. Get, you know, maybe elaborate more on that. Are there other objections they're going to bring up besides the customer? Or is that kind of the, the main focus of their, you know, hesitancy? Yeah, the, the uh, all, all objections are a different variant of what's going to happen to my business, which is what happens to my customer. Or if they say, I don't want to do that to my customer, that means my customer is going to get mad at me and not, not buy from me anymore. Right. Or my competitors are not doing it, which means my customer won't come to me. My customer will go to their competitor. So everything right. they say comes back to that one thing, which is, am I going to lose business? So when they say that, you say, look, um, you know, there's, there are a lot of studies out there that say, you know, 90% of the customers, you know, don't blink an eye. It's not, it's not an issue. And if they have a comment or a question, you basically say, look, due to the pandemic, um, we've decided not to impact all of our customers by raising all of our prices. And instead, we're, we're, we're asking you to support us if you pay with a credit card by offsetting the fee. And people understand that we're all human beings, right? We all have we all have the same issues, no matter how many zeros you have in your bank account. Everybody has the same problems, right? So they're really empathetic. We also train our ISOs, we train the staff, and we train the owners. And that is probably the most critical thing you can do is yep. to give them a packet of digestible materials, nothing more than three to five pages where they can just read through it and understand all the different forms of the concerns, which all come back to the same thing, but give them some ammunition on on exactly what to say. And so we build that and we're very transparent about that up front. Yeah, I think to, to even build on that as well, Salim, you know, one thing that I like about what you're doing and that I, I've seen other ISOs and agents doing here is it is so crucial that you help the restaurant owner justify this decision, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you try to go in there with a the pitch of, hey, this is the way for you to screw your customer and save a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That doesn't go work. over well. Most mm-hmm. restaurant owners did not get into the business to screw their customer. That's right. right. Yeah. They got into the business to see the smile on somebody's face when they taste right. this food that's amazing. And so right. I think right. restaurant owners, almost more than any other business owner types in general, mm-hmm. are just really passionate about their customer. They're passionate that's about right. what they do. Right. Yeah. And so I think one of the keys, and you brought it up here, is no, I, I love, you know, hopefully our audience will go back and maybe listen to your explanation again, because if you listen to that, the idea is, the way you're explained, the way that you're training the owner to explain it to the consumer is not, hey, we added this fee. It's we decided not to negatively impact all of our customers. Correct. Yeah. Right. You know, we right. decided that we didn't. That wasn't fair. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I think one of the other keys to point out as well for the restaurant owners is say, look, you know, we are we are only passing through our cost. Right? Yeah. We don't make right. any money on this fee at all. This is just you're covering our cost. Of processing your card. That's right, it right. to the penny. Right. In fact, we right. don't even get the money. The, the the credit card processing company gets that fee. They keep it. That's right. That offsets yep. it. So I think I think highlighting those things um is really important. And the other thing I found too, Slim, I don't know if you guys have tried this, but one thing I found that's been really effective is using these hypotheticals. So mm-hmm. one of my favorites lately has been asking uh whether whether it's restaurant owners or whoever and saying, you know, let me ask you a question. So if you were confident that this mm-hmm. was not going to negatively impact your business or your customer experience, it sounds like you'd be interested in moving forward. 100%. Yep, right. And, 100%. and as they say yes to that, well, now yep. all you have to do is justify and say, well, I've got great news for you. Here's yeah. the data. And, and yeah. as you just, uh, as you just pointed out. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So now let's dive into the tips you alluded to it a second ago. Mm-hmm. So talk about the difference between the pay at the table solution, maybe some rationale for that, and yeah. then the kind of older, get your receipt, add your tip to the receipt, 
And mm-hmm. what is that experience uh, different? Uh, how is the experience different for uh, for the restaurant owner there? Yeah, so just to level set, if somebody is paying, you know, call it $3,000 a month in credit card processing fees, and I go to them and say, hey, I can shave off 80% of that, they're super excited, right? Like, nice. you know, we work together and I'm saving them a ton of money. So they, they're really, really, really happy. And then they say, well, how can I do a little bit better, right? So if there's in the in the restaurant business and other service industries, uh, the, the wait staff gets tipped, right? And right. so if you if after you type the tip, after you after the customer writes in the tip on the receipt, what happens is that's not captured in the original authorization. And as right. that check gets opened at, a, at the end of the shift or at the end of the night, the tip gets put in and that tip does not include the non-cash adjustment. So what happens is that the restaurant then has to pay the, the non-cash adjustment or the or the cash discount program rate, which is you know between three to 4%, depending on what you're doing, uh, on that tip amount. Net net, they're still saving a ton of money, so they're still right. happy. But the way around that is to have a pay at the table solution, and that's what we do. So we take, you know, we take something like our an, an iPad, an iPad Mini. You can do this with other devices too. You present the the check to them while the person is sitting down. Uh, you have three buttons that say, you know, 15, 20, 25 percent. Humans always have a tendency of picking the middle number and then they right. just sign with their finger and they're good to go. Now the tip is captured at the time of original authorization and a non-cash adjustment is included in the tip. So now the restaurant doesn't have to pay any credit card processing fees on that also that tip number. And oh, by the way, there's a little bit of social pressure when you present somebody with a pay at the table device that they'll want to pay you a little bit more than they would if they were to just write it on the receipt when the wait staff walks away. That's really, that's a really important thing to to articulate to your restaurant operator so they can tell their staff and their GM that, Hey, you're not going to be losing your tips because everybody thinks that they're going to lose money because of this increased non-cash adjustment charge. Mm -hmm. So you want to tell them, Hey, I'm going to take care of you because we're rolling out this new thing. And that's what LaVou does. And that's why we've been so successful. That's really, that that's really, I mean, I never understood how smooth that yeah. process was until you just explained it, Salim. I mean, it, it really does make it very smooth, you know, and I'll be honest, uh, you know, I would, as a, as a consumer, I would probably, yeah, I'd probably go for the 25 if sure. the waiter was standing there. You know? Over your shoulder, right? Over your <laughs> right? shoulder. Over you my know? shoulder, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Hey, can you talk about closing the sale, you know, mm-hmm. getting mm-hmm. the deal done? What are... What are some of the roadblocks that your partners, you know, have been experiencing and how are they overcoming those? Yeah, you know, originally it's about building trust. The the restaurant operator or the merchant, like in any any sale, has to be able to trust you and that you're doing right by them. Right. Uh, sometimes they give you a commitment and they, they say, obviously, they have to sign the documents, right? That's the industry that we're in. Sure. So getting that application signature can be a little bit challenging. So what you want to do is you want to say, okay, let's carve out 15 to 20 minutes uh, we can do this electronic signature. I will be with you on the phone or on Zoom, and let's just knock that out. Mm-hmm. If you leave it to the merchant, you know things happen. Life things happens. They have lost. kids. Exactly. They just don't yeah. want to sign it, and they never get around to it. So you're constantly having to resell. So you need to establish a sense of urgency at the top of the call. Mm-hmm. You need to establish and keep coming back to the reasons and the savings. Right. for why they're doing this keep reminding them of that right and then at, you know once you get a commitment right you want to be assumptive as james says you want to be assumptive in your clothes and you get a commitment from them hey at six o'clock today you know or not six o'clock but when when there's downtime which is usually right. between what you know 
nine to nine to ten thirty in the morning and right. like two to four, like we can, you know, we can we can set an appointment and get that that application done. Otherwise, restaurant operators are are unique animals. They don't have time. They're flipping burgers, managing staff, uh, fighting, you know, food costs. Right. You, you, they need to understand that this is worth their 10 minutes. And I always tell them you're going to see an amazing return on, on this investment. Time. Sure. Yeah. 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 I love it. Um, I, I want to, I want to jump back for just a second. If you don't yeah. mind Sleem. I want to um, on the tips, I want to do that. Just one, one more time. I want to sure. mention something there. So just again, to clarify, and I think you made a great, you, you know, defined it really well, but to clarify mm-hmm. for people that the issue there is of course, the consumer does have to see the full authorization amount at the time that they sign the receipt. Right. Correct. Of course, there's Correct. no way to do that. If they're adding the tip, there's no mm-hmm. way to dynamically do that. And correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong here, but I believe what you're saying is on LaVu with the, the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, iPad mini or some kind of table solution there, pay a table. When yeah. they enter the tip amount, that's going to change the non-cash correct. adjustment. It's going to increase it to reflect right. Uh, right. You know, the non-cash adjustment on the tip. Okay. It's calculated. Our software calculates it. Um, sure. It also allows you to do, you know, split checks and do all the things that you would need to do. So, yeah, um, yeah, we're, we we do have, it. It is patent pending because we've, you know, tried to yes. uh, build in a bunch of different things that uh, make it make it work really nicely. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, we've been so successful. It's, it's a great piece of software. Right. And and one other thing I thought was so interesting that you were talking about there with that was this idea of, you know, saying, hey, we can save you up to 99 percent. Yeah. So in their mind, they're thinking, okay, that sounds awesome. Then you're like, okay, do you do, are you, you know, how would you right. implement a pay at the table? And it's like, well, no, we don't do pay at the table. We do the, the receipt. Okay, well, I could probably save you 80%, 85%. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that you really don't even have to say much else as far as they are probably then going to ask, mm-hmm. what would I have to how, do? How do, do I get that? Why do I get yeah. to the 99, right? Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, that's what I would say, right? Hey, right. Yeah, right. 80, but hey, if you want the 99, just start to pay at the table, right? Yeah, right. that's right. And look, we're talking about existing customers. When new prospects come to us, brand new Lavu POS customers, right? the first thing I do is I say, how much are you processing with credit cards? What are you paying right now? And then I show them our our savings with the CDP program. Right. And then I show them what the monthly, the, you know, the one-time hardware is going to cost and right. the SaaS right. is going to cost. And it's always like, you know, it's Ridiculous. always a, a, a positive proposition, right? right? There's no way that so people well. can beat us with this with this with this offer, and right. they absolutely love it. I have a I have a gal uh, who's out in um, uh, New Hampshire. And they run a very large winery. And she literally called me and said, I think she processes seven or eight hundred thousand dollars a month. So it's one of our larger wow. accounts. Yeah. I, I will do anything for Lavu. Um I literally, <laughs> I we love you. Like I will do anything because right. we, we just saved them so much money, right? Yeah. It's it completely right. changed in when they're fa- facing all of these issues. It's, right. it's helped them so much. Well, and, and it's like a winery, they might only be running seven percent, eight percent profit margin. You just right. took them from seven to nine. That's, yeah, right. yeah. You know, that's huge. to 10. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, massive. So, and that, massive and that locks in, right? That, that then there's a there's further loyalty between you and the customer right. that right. locks them into uh, that locks them into the solution. You're not as susceptible to another another uh, person walking into their store and trying to beat right. them by 10 basis points, right? Because right. 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 that's what happens, right? So, so, so basically, La Boo, she loves you, right? I think your roses are red, violets are blue, is somewhere in there. But, uh, there you go. So, uh, okay, last thing for me, uh, Salim, and then I, I do want to mention a couple of links here and resources. But, um, you know, one of the other things that I want to just tie together that I, I think you'll agree with here. So, you talked about the labor shortage, 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, have you found that restaurants are really receptive to this idea that, you know, two really awesome things that you could do with pay at the table mm-hmm. is number one, increase tips, which you talked mm-hmm. about already, right? So obviously yeah. if you're worried about losing staff, well, what if they were getting 20% greater tips? Yeah. Right? That's yeah. going to help. Um, yeah. And number two, what if the, instead of them feeling so rushed and stressed all day, they could dramatically increase table turn? Yes. Right. Uh-huh. So I don't know, Celine, maybe you could talk about that a bit, how pay at the table because there's not these extra trips and stuff. I mean, is, isn't it true that that actually helps with table turns? It does. It not only helps with the tips, but it definitely helps with the table turns because now what's happening is you have one or two uh, wait staff members covering an entire section. Right. right. So I was in Albuquerque uh, two weeks ago and I saw one guy managing the whole restaurant and the restaurant operator who I just popped in to see was a Lavu customer. She's like, what do we do? And I was like, well, you know, stop waiting, just go and give them the iPad. They sign it, you pick it up and then they walk out. Right. Um, and then pretty soon we'll be launching QR code, you know, payments. Mm-hmm. So right. no, no waiters or waitresses have to go and talk to them. Right. It makes it even more seamless. The check automatically clears in the POS. The person can just walk out. Right. Most people right. don't want to hang around um, no. after they've ate and drink their coffee, right? They just want to leave, right? right? Right. I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Right. Patty has stuff to do. So that's (laughs) that they just want to, they just want to go. So that's, that's what we're trying to facilitate for both parties. Awesome. Well, Salim, uh, I love this conversation. I love this opportunity. Um, Mm -hmm. Let me just provide a link and then I want to get some uh, other information from you. So um, I worked with LaVou and I've been working with LaVou for months now, Um, Mm -hmm. but we worked together to create the ebook, the definitive ebook on how to sell cash discounting to restaurants. So Mm -hmm. Not mm-hmm. the sexiest title, but you know exactly what's in it. It's how to it sell works. cash discounting to restaurants, right? Yep. So um, very excited about this ebook. There's so many things that I would love. You know, we could talk for another two hours here about yeah. prospecting restaurants. I personally sold hundreds of restaurants. Um, I love restaurants. I think they're fantastic to sell. Um, the big challenge was always getting the overcoming the idea of like, oh, you need a new point of sale system. Mm-hmm. Well, with LaVue, it's like, well, you need a few iPads and you're going to get a free yeah. reader. and. Right by the way, I'm going to save you $3,000 a month. It all of a sudden doesn't become too difficult. So, right, um, right. you know, I think that's really cool. So we've just gone through, there's tons of prospecting tips in there, how-to information. We dive a lot deeper into the tips and, and all of that, the pay at the table stuff. Um, yeah. So you can find that one if you go to ccsalespro.com slash LAVU, L-A-V-U, all lowercase, ccsalespro.com slash LAVU, L-A-V-U. Um, and then Celine, for those that want to just reach out and learn more about, and again, we didn't talk about it on, the, on this episode, but maybe touch on that your process or agnostic, talk about yeah. that a little bit and then tell them where can they go to, to learn more about the opportunity. Absolutely. So we know most ISO agents have their preferred processor, right? But our, our philosophy is why not add another tool to your, you know, to your belt or your bag. And right. so, as you said, we are processor agnostic and we love working with agents and ISOs to develop the best opportunities for their merchants. So in doing this, we've created the Levu Pay Partnership Agent Program with amazing buy rates and a very competitive Schedule A. Uh, working with these restaurants can even be more profitable because you get CDP and there's no charge to these ISOs in order to use it. Um, and our residuals are, are fantastic. So we, we have this new thing. Uh, what I want you guys to do is text LAVU, L-A-V-U, to the number 63975. Again, Text LAVU, which is L-A-V-U, to the number 63975, straight from your you know, cell phone um, or mobile phone, and we'll add you to our list, and we'll send you information to get going. Super Excellent. easy to turn this on and, and, and get rolling. We'd love to help you. 
Awesome. And so I think if I heard you correctly there, Salim, there's, you know, maybe two different opportunities. You have the the idea that they could even potentially do the processing through LAVU with aggressive yeah. schedule A's, or yes. you have the processor agnostic. If they want to use Correct. their own processor, they could just sell the yep. point of sale and integrate with their processing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So you can, you can just, uh, you know, text LAVU to 63975, or you can go to LAVU.com and uh, just drop in your name and email over there. And, and, and one of our members will get in touch with you to basically walk you through whatever, whatever program you want. But, you know, the main thing is we want to partner with ISOs because they're feet on the street and they have these relationships and we want to empower them with this amazing software and technology that we've, we've built alongside you. Awesome. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, Salim, thanks so much for taking the time as always to share with our audience. Thanks for being the podcast sponsor this month. And uh, I know a lot of our audience is going to be reaching out and hopefully we're going to be getting emails. I, I love getting emails uh, at towards yeah. the end of the year of, Hey, last year you said, if I did yeah. this, I'd increase my residuals. So hopefully we're going to be getting those emails at the end of 2022 saying I went with LaVu. I signed up 50 restaurants. My residuals increased by 20,000 a month or whatever. Um, and I yeah. do think, yeah. I do think we'll be right. getting those emails. So I'm excited. The, sky, about it. the sky's the limit. We want, we want We want to help everybody. We want to help restaurants restaurant operators and we want to help these ISOs make more money. So Patty, one of the things I love about LaVu is that it is an iPad point of sale switch. Now, you know, they do have several different hardware options, but this idea of the iPad, you know, I'll tell you what, and I was just talking to my wife, Christine, about it this morning because we wanted to get uh, Donnie. And since this is going to air after Christmas, I can say this. uh, (laughs) uh, We wanted to get Donnie for Christmas an iPad. And, you know, it used to be like, I mean, I have like an iPad Pro and it's, you know, very expensive. Right. But I mean, you can go on Amazon and you can buy a nice iPad for a couple hundred bucks. Right. You know, because you can actually, go. I was looking at some for some of the kids in my on my Christmas list too. Right. Yeah. You're two two years old, three years old yeah. even, and they're they're really fine for for something like a Lavu where it's like literally all you're running is this one app that's mostly in the cloud. You know, you don't have to. You know, so it's very it's actually very inexpensive. Lavu provides the free card reader, so mm-hmm. you get the card reader for free. Uh, then you just have to buy the iPad, the iPad stand, which again is just extremely cost effective nowadays to get right. that. And it really, what, one of the things I love about it is, you know, when you're implementing pay at the table, it can be a little overwhelming. Sometimes a lot of these point of sale systems, frankly, they, they're they not great at integrating their pay at the table device with their main system. It, right, you know, right. Yeah. They have to set it's it up key. and kind of, they have to program right. it, you know, whereas with an iPad system, literally you download the LaVu app and you log in on the new iPad. Right. Right. And it just adds it as another device. There's like nothing you have to do. It's like you're logging in. Everything is through the cloud. And and so I love the kind of simplicity of that. Um, A lot of these restaurants will love the idea of having even um, even getting something like a, you know, an iPod or maybe maybe they have like if you're like me, I have three iPhones at my house right now that are not going to be ever used again. Right. Uh-huh. That I paid uh-huh. all this money for, but I keep upgrading. And every year right, right now I have a, I have an iPhone 10, I have an iPhone 11 and I have an iPhone 12. And now I have an iPhone 13 that I use. Like, so, you know, even things like that, the servers can use those and just, they have internet at the store. They use the Wi-Fi, right. they download the app and that could be the pay at the table device. So yeah. um, whether it's an iPad air, whether it's, you know, any of these devices, uh, it's really, really convenient. Um, and so simple. I think that's a, yeah, I think that's, that's really, really important. So again, as we, as we mentioned at the top of the podcast, if you want to learn more about LaVu, they've set up a really simple way to just text them to get more information. Text the word LaVu, L-A-V-U. Text that to the number 63975. So it's a short code, 63975. Text LaVu. Um, or again, just go to LaVu.com, L-A-V-U.com. This is Questions from the Field, brought to you by ccsalespro.com, the leader in merchant sales training and technology. If you're an individual merchant sales professional, 
visit ccsalespro.com forward slash training to get a free 14-day trial of our all-access pass. If you manage a team of merchant sales professionals, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash ISO to learn how we can help you grow. And now, here is Questions from the Field with James Shepard. So, Patty, as we close out the year on the podcast, and this is my final questions from the field, mm -hmm. um, I really want to emphasize in this final episode something that I don't talk about as much as I probably should, and that is, you know, the the passion that we need to have as a merchant sales industry, the passion that we need to have for improving our sales skill. Yes. Um, and this was highlighted recently in a masterclass that I went through. So for those of you that maybe are not familiar, there's a website called masterclass.com. Um, right. And I'm not, they're not paying me to promote it or anything, but I've used uh, them there. It's a cool, it's a cool site. It's I mean, very cool. Yeah. Um, yes. You run out of content pretty quickly. Um, but the idea is, they take, you know, kind of the person who's just the most amazing at something. And then that person, you know, teaches that. So teaches you know, Tony, Tony Hawk right. teaches skateboarding or uh, anyway. You know, Tony it's, it's, Morrison teaches writing, you know, Grisham right. teaches writing, things right. like that. Right. So I've been going through some different ones. They had, um, I think it's Michael Eisner that taught some business stuff along with Howard Schultz, who founded Starbucks. So right. I've been going through some of those. Well, then I kind of ran out like, okay, well, there's like three of them in there that I felt were relevant. I did like an advertising one. I'm like, that was pretty much it for me as far as business. And then I saw this one from Chris Voss, who is a very popular author of Never Split the Difference, a negotiating book. Um, okay. So he did a masterclass on negotiating. And I thought, I don't know. Sure. I guess I'll try that one out. And it's been my favorite one. Um, oh, really? So, yeah. So Chris Voss is uh, previously, he was the top FBI hostage negotiator in the world. Okay. So uh, <laughs> could he, you get negotiation from a guy like that? Yeah. So then right. he moved from that to having a consultancy that consults businesses on how to do negotiations. Right. So right, right. very interesting guy. And, you know, it just kind of, again, highlighted to me the importance of sales skill. I put picked up three things on there that I've literally used already on, uh, you know, deals and calls that have already helped me. And uh -huh. I was like, okay, this is really actionable. So I thought what I would do at the end of the year is I would just share, um, three things very quickly, um, okay. that, that I think are just amazing just to kind of give you an idea. I think, I think salespeople, a lot of times it's easy to get into this mode where we discount sales ability. We don't think of it like, you know, well, what can I do in 2022? Well, I could target restaurants. I could go, I could do B2B. I could do this. You could also get better at sales. Right. That would probably give you the biggest increase in income is just getting better right. at what you do. So right. anyway, um, first one he talks about is mirroring. And I've heard okay. of this concept before, but he presented it in a way where I was like, okay, I finally got this down. And the idea is oftentimes, especially in our industry, we struggle to just get the conversation going, you right. know? It's right. like, hey, I'm here. I'm involved in payments. And it's like, get out, you know? I'm here to help you. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh, and so it's like, how do we start this conversation? And mirroring is so interesting. The idea of mirroring that as he presents it is you just repeat the last one to three words that the person said uh -huh. in the form of a question. Okay. And so I'll try to give you some examples, you know, in our, in our industry, right? Somebody might right. say, um, I'm not interested in, in the payment processing. I, I don't want to have anything to do with this. So I would say, well, why aren't you interested in payment processing or, or payment so, pro something like that? Well, sort of, but actually you don't yeah. want to use the word why, which I'll talk about in a second, which okay, is interesting, okay. but you only want to keep it to one to three words. So the idea here would be you're not interested. Oh, very okay. simple, right? Gotcha, but when you gotcha. say that, 
you're not interested. What it does is it, the, the, it keep, makes the person give you more information. So they'll say, sure. no, we, we've had a lot of bad experiences in the past. Bad experiences in the past. Well, yeah, you know, our last processing company, they put this terminal in, the terminal died, and, and we had all kinds of issues. We never could get our money. You couldn't get your money. No, we couldn't. And so uh -huh. this mirroring is so right? simple. And uh -huh. I, I picked up on it instantly. I watched like- And it, and it keeps them engaged. It does. And I've yeah. had several conversations since then and um, no one notices that you're doing it. He actually tells a funny story about a friend of his that went to this weekend uh, yoga retreat with his wife. Uh -huh. right. And he wasn't really wanting to go to this thing. He wasn't really that into yoga. And so he told his wife he was going to use it as an experiment time. And he said, all I'm going to do the entire weekend is mirror. It's all I'm uh -huh. going to do. I'm not going to uh -huh. have any conversations. I'm just going to mirror everybody. Uh -huh. And by the end of the weekend, one after another, all of her friends came up to her and said, your husband is the most interesting man I've ever met. <laughs> Please bring him back every time. And literally he said, no one actually knew anything about him. He never said anything about himself the entire weekend. All he did was say, you know, they would say, you know, oh, I'm loving this event, this, this event. Oh yeah. I love this event. The food's fantastic. The food. Oh yeah. The food's and they just, all he did was mirror the whole weekend and everybody wow. loved it. So, so that's mirroring. So try okay. that. Number two is labeling. Labeling is where you label an emotion. So this came from a study that was done where they put people in a, a machine where they can uh, monitor the electrical activity in the brain. And right. I won't get into all the details, but in the amygdala is where you can see all the negative uh, emotional right, reactions. Right. And things it's like very that. So, cool research. I read a lot about that myself, yes. the neural, neural Well, what science. they did was they, they showed these people an, an image that was something that was uh, violent or negative, something that would you know, right. induce this negative emotion. And then they just asked the people, what are you feeling? And when people would label their emotion, I'm feeling sad, I'm feeling upset, I'm feeling angry, it would instantly decrease the negative emotion. So by huh. labeling it, it causes you to, to take a step back. And sure. so- Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I've learned that as well. Yeah, when you have a negative emotion, you name it and it takes some of the power out of that. It does, yes. Right. So how we can use that in, in the sales realm uh, is on the negative side is, you know, someone is, you know, giving you a really hard time, maybe you're right. on a follow-up visit or even a customer, an existing customer, and you just say, it seems like you're upset. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like this is making you really angry. Right. right. And by labeling it, a lot of times they will come back and it, it makes them stop and think, am I angry? <laughs> and then they'll say, well, I'm not really angry. I just, uh, you know, I just have, and, and then you use mirroring, right? So you right. Get, get more information. So I'm not really angry. I just feel like the, you know you're dropping the ball, dropping the ball. I'm dropping the ball, and and so right. you get the idea. So you back and forth, you right. know. So you label the emotion. Um, the positive emotions also, when you label a positive sure. emotion, it actually reinforces it, it. it. Yeah, right. right. So people are showing an interest, um, and you know they're they're looking at this point of sale system and they like the feature. And you say, uh, it seems like you really reacted positively to that feature. And they'll say, yes, I did because of da, 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 da. And now that, that reinforce makes them think, yeah, I did react positively. You know, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. it, it seems like this is something you're really considering. Right. I am this really considering. really interested in. Yeah. So you're uh -huh. just, you're labeling it. So it's, it seems like, it feels like, it sounds like, and, right. and you're labeling it. Um, finally, the last one I thought was one of the most interesting ones that I have really challenged me. I'm trying to work this out of my language. Uh, mm -hmm. I love that there's certain words you never want to say, you know, so in, sure. in, in sales, you never want to say the word contract. That's just right. never, there's the paperwork, you know, there's words like that. One of the words I never knew was the word why. So it huh. turns out that since the time we were two years old, basically every human 
every time they did something stupid, you know, they dropped the cup, they knocked something off the table. Every adult has said to us, why did you do that? Right. Mm -hmm. And what that's done is it's made us to where the word why is a word that we look at as an adversarial. Up, right? Yeah, like why, why did you do that? Why are you concerned about that? Why is this an issue? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, People don't like mm -hmm. that. It's actually accusatory. And I didn't realize sure. that. And I, yeah, I never realized that either, actually. Yeah. And it's interesting because I know when I've, I've had, you have kids, I've had right. like dozens of nieces and nephews, and they always go through that age where everything right. is why. Right. Right. Why yes. can't I do this? Right. Why is that blue? <laughs> you right. Know? So either, and, either and it, way. And it makes you aggravated, right? It I does. Mean, it yes. gets you aggravated. Even if it's your own kid, after a while, right. you're like, enough of the whys, right? Right. Exactly. But that's, I see what you're saying. It's been conditioned in our brain since we were very young. Right. And therefore, it's a very negative right. um, connotation. Yeah. So in the, in the uh, master class, he talks about replacing that with um, how and what. And so the idea would be instead of saying, um, why, you know, why is this a problem for you? You could say, how can I make this better? Right. What can I do to improve this? You know, right. can right. you explain your concern to me? You know, so not saying yeah. why, but you know, replacing it. So anyway, I, you know, Very all good. that to say, my two purposes with this particular little segment was number one, I did want to give you a few practical things you could try going into the year. I'm telling you, the mirroring thing is fantastic. I did that already mm -hmm. on several conversations, and I was blown away by people who normally I. I'm not the, you know, the most, uh, you know, I can be personable when I need to. It's not my default state. Right. This would give me a great tactic to like get people to really open up personally. I'm kind of an all business guy. Like let's talk sure. business. And a lot of times I need people to open up more to, and things like that. And so that really helped me. The mirroring was fantastic. So the next time you're on a call with me, uh, anyone listening, you may hear me mirroring you. You may notice it or you may not, but <laughs> Hey, I'm doing it out of love. I just want to know more about you. Um, and, you know, I wanted you to get some tactics. But secondly, again, I wanted to just point out the power of learning these things, um, you know, learning your craft. Just yesterday, I did a consulting uh, call with the guy who um, we were talking about a, a very large multi-million dollar private equity acquisition of his company. And, mm -hmm. you know, I was able to, I think, add a lot of value. I guess I got an email from him this morning saying, thanking me for what, you know, we had talked about. And that's because this last year I read several books on how private equity works because I'm seeing private equity is playing a big role in our industry now. Sure, and so sure. I read several books about that. So, you know, take time, especially, you know, the, the industry does kind of slow down December, January a bit. Um, take some time, read some books, go through some uh, programs, whether it's a masterclass program or whatever, go through some programs and really start to learn and improve your skill, work on new things and just make a commitment that you're going to become a better communicator, a better closer, a better salesperson, um, you know, throughout the year. And I think it'll, it'll really, really serve you well as you go into 2022. Oh, great advice, James. Thanks. This is the Insider's Report with Patty Murphy, brought to you by The Green Sheet. For nearly 40 years, The Green Sheet has been the go-to source for news, analysis, and educational tools that empower and connect payments professionals. If you're not reading The Green Sheet already, check it out on the web today at www.greensheet.com. Well, you know, James, we talked talk about Salim and, you know, and, and talked about how cash discounting is going to be a big deal especially for restaurants this year. I wanted to touch on something else that I think, I don't necessarily think it's going to be a big deal, but could be a big deal and could be uh, sure. a residual windfall. And that's B2B card payments. Oh my, yeah, for sure. You know, and we've talked about this a few times on the podcast, uh, mm -hmm. most notably with Roger McNamara at mm -hmm. Guide to Interchange. You know, this week I just wanted to, I, I, I was, 
I was just tooling around the other day, just doing some research on mm-hmm. B2B. Yeah. And I came up with some data points that I really think lay out the opportunities. Uh, so I wanted to share those. A new report from Insider Intelligence. This this blew me away. Puts the B2B market at $27 trillion. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy, right? It's yeah. orders of magnitude more than the value of Visa, MasterCard, Amex, and Discover card transactions combined. Right. In right. a year, right? Which is why all of those companies are targeting B2B payments. <laughs> right. As well they should, you know. Right. And and I believe, you know, ISOs and agents should, you know. because And here's the thing. The bulk of these payments today are still transacted by check. Of that $27 trillion, $12 trillion this year are expected to be to be made by check. ACH wow. comes in second with $11 trillion. So there you already have like $33 trillion. Yeah. Now, the thing I want to, and wire transfers, of course, and cards are, you know, down there in the, in the single digits, um, right. three trillion and, and about two trillion. But, you know, here's something I, when I was doing this, it really jumped out at me. And that was when the ACH was created back in the late 1960s, early 70s, it was created specifically to displace checks. Mm. Now, admittedly, we probably had, you know, if we hadn't had ACH, we probably would have had like, you know, 23 trillion in checks, but there's still a lot that, that the ACH is just not handling of these check payments. Right. And, you know, check usage comes at an especially high price tag when you factor in all the steps and the paper flows, Mm -hmm. you know, I came across an analysis by MasterCard that suggests savings come, you know, companies globally could save $1.3 billion a year if they just shifted 10% of their checks to electronic payments. Well, and, and you know, the other thing I would say about this too is a couple things. I mean, number one, ask any business, you know, ask their accounts receivable department how much they enjoy when one, someone says I'm sending a check. Yeah, right? Like yeah. it's it's literally a, probably one of the most well-known statements, negative statements is the check is in the mail, which everyone knows means right? it's not. It's um, not. Yeah, so and I think exactly. that's exactly. And then, and, you know, here was another, I came, you know, this MasterCard survey, which, you know, they sort of surveyed corporate people and um, they found that satisfaction with using credit cards for B2B was on par with satisfaction using checks. Two thirds said they really like checks. Two thirds said they really like credit cards. Right. And that's on the payment side. On the receive side, credit cards obviously beat out checks you know, uh, 63 to 60%. Um, and I'm, why, and they, why, uh, why did they beat them out? You mean just because you get it faster or what do you mean? Because you get it faster. Oh, okay. All sure. Right. And that's why they like receiving. But, but I'm actually kind of surprised by that number a little bit, because I think the perception in the industry at least is that, you know, the cost is higher for accepting credit cards versus check cards, but or checks, but you're saying that, so you're saying that this data you looked at is that, B2B business, you know, businesses, right. they actually on the receiving side, right? They actually preferred the credit card payments versus the checks. Right. And really? in fact, and in fact, wow. When asked what when they asked what are some of the reasons that they don't like receiving credit card payments? Yeah. Just 20% cited costs. Really? Yeah. Wow. That number really jumped out at me, you know. 
And and think about it though, James. You know, especially with the mail being mucked up these last for the last yeah. year and a half. Yeah. I mean, I it's funny. I was joking around with 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 somebody here at the house the other day. I don't go to the mailbox anymore because right, right. I I I converted all of my clients to either ACH or credit cards. Yeah. And, okay. you know, I used to go to the mailbox all the time because, hey, maybe that check is here today, which it was always going to, it always, I had somebody paying me with check last year and one of the checks took a month to get here. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a lot of cost. That's a lot of opportunity cost right there. Yeah, it is. You know? So anyway, I came up with a few other data points I wanted to share from um, payments.com. And one of these, I think, really kind of dovetails with our interview with Salim today. Um, you know, according to the Small Business Administration, about 67% of bars and restaurants are SMBs, right? Right. And um, 90 payments did a survey and found 90% of SMB restaurant operators want access to more B2B payment options. So, you know... You know, wow. it struck me when we were talking to Salim that, you know, all these restaurants, yeah, they're, you know, you can save them a lot of money right? <laughs> by right. selling cash discounting. But if you put a little bit extra effort in there, these guys are paying a lot of vendors. Right, right. You could go, you know, you can say, hey, you know, we talked about this before. Go to their vendor, start selling credit card yes. acceptance. Um, I think it's a really great opportunity. A couple other things. Um, another stat that really jumped out at me, 57% um, of SMBs collected late B2B payments in 2020. Late, late payments. payments. Okay. All right. Okay. Yep. And, um, and, and 17% of, of those were more than a month late. Hmm. Um, and uh, another interesting stat, 67% of B2B buyers have switched vendors with more, to, switched to vendors who have more quote consumer like purchasing and payment experiences, you know, and there, I think we're getting into you and I talk about this generational shift all the time, right? right. I mean, I'm of right. one generation, you're of another, um, you know, in your, in your generation and younger generations, you know, you guys are, you don't know what checks are. I mean, I have a 20 year old nephew who laughs at me when I talk about checks, you yeah. know, um, yeah. Yeah. Everybody, you know, in you know, they want contactless, they want card right. payments, they want something right. fast. Yeah. And you have that in your consumer life. And for a lot of these people, they don't have it in their business life and, and they're yeah. demanding it. So yeah. my my whole thing is, you know, um the potential payoff and from a residual standpoint can be significant. Yeah. And um from an ISO and agent perspective, it it may not be a fast sale, but I think it's it could be, you know, something that as you're planning for 2022, you might just want to look into doing some B2B. Yeah, I love it. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think, you know, in my mind, I'm going to talk about this actually in one of the um, uh, other episodes, but, you know, I think, you know, you've got your B2B payments, you've got your cash discounting at restaurants, and I think you've got your cash discounting or passing on the cost of processing through convenience fee or whatever with card not present. Right. Um, I think those are kind of the three where there's there's a lot of open road in front of our industry, and uh, I love the uh, the data that you gave. I'm I'm actually really surprised by some of those data points. Um, yeah, they're very I encouraging. Yeah, very encouraging. So thanks I again for sharing so. that. Good stuff. Sure thing, James. Thank you for listening to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Whether you are an industry veteran, processing executive 
or just trying to learn about the payment space, we appreciate your time. The Merchant Sales Podcast is a joint production of Greensheet.com and CCSalesPro.com. And we hope you will tune in next week for more information and tips on building your merchant services business.